Thanks for joining us today for our Freedom Podcast. We are excited to grow with you. Today, you will hear a message from the life-changing Word of God. We hope this podcast adds value to your everyday life. If you want to find out more about this ministry, visit our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. I want to dive in here this morning because last week there was a message that God had given me for you, and I strongly, strongly feel like this message is for the body today. And I talked a little bit about the orphan spirit. Last week was about um, some of the things that, that uh, we have as traits. If you wrestle in the, the casualties of the orphan spirit was last week's message. And I share with you some traits of people who have gone through some things in their lives. And maybe because of those, those issues, they have now carried with them. Now listen now, an orphan spirit. An orphan spirit. And so I talked a little bit last week about how, you know, sometimes we can get all the theology right and get the father wrong. We can get all the different things that we feel about God and get God the father wrong. From the garden, Adam and Eve were alienated from God because they decided they wanted to know what God told them it was not theirs to touch. They wanted to touch something God said don't touch. How many know when you touch something God says don't touch, that's not on him? But there are people walking around today with an orphan spirit because they have touched something God said don't touch. And so almost immediately after uh, the fall of, Eden, of, of what happened in the Eden, the fall that happened in Eden, you see that begin to replicate even in Cain and Abel. And there began this downward spiral of casualties in the household. Now, I, I, I was at conference this past weekend at the men's conference and we had such a great time and I love what one of the speakers said and here's what he said you can raise your child perfectly and they don't come out perfect you don't believe that what happened in the garden just look at Adam and Eve God the father being the perfect father Still, some issues result. So, for all the parents that feel like they're not doing it right, you can exhale right now. Come on. Because we don't get it all right. We don't. And sometimes we feel like I get it. I don't even get it half right. Because we're learning on the fly too. But can I tell you something? All our job is to do is to be obedient when God says do, do. When God says don't, don't. And when God says, listen, listen. So the casualties tend to happen when people have decided to put the enemy at the forefront of the voice that we hear. Apart from Jesus, we don't have perfect love. I'm just recapping a little bit of last week's message. I'm talking about internal contradiction. My, my flesh is beating against my, my, my spirit. My spirit is trying to tell my flesh what to do. Which one will win? Which one will win? The orphan spirit 
makes you see through the lens of deeply rooted resentment and anger. Ten traits of the orphan spirit. You can look it up. Uh, I even posted it on, online this week. Uh, I will say it wasn't ten uh, that I necessarily came up with. I, I saw this and I, and I just needed to repost. And I, I, I saw these traits and I said, you know what? There's so many things that, are deal- that the body of Christ is dealing with. Title supremacy, looking for the title. Approval, affirmation. The victim mentality, the martyr spirit, and absolute exhaustion, just to name a few. So what am I talking about here today? Well, I want to talk about overcoming the orphan spirit. How, now that we've identified what that spirit looks like and, and you process this, you know, if we're being honest, we often live our lives in a way that God continuously looks at us going, why did you make that decision when you know how much I love you? Why did you choose that road when I said that road brings destruction? You know, if we were to st- trace it back to, we probably trace back to the idea that we lack trust in the Father. We lack trust. Some of us just lack trust because somebody broke that trust, and so that carries over to our relationship with God. We lack trust because somehow someone hurt us, and so what we decided to do is to say, you know what, uh, I-, I don't I don't trust anyone, so therefore, whatever Pastor Tony says about trusting God, I can't do that. I'm sorry, I just can't. Can I share this thought with you real quick? It's near impossible to love what we do not trust. It is near impossible to love what we do not trust. You see, the 19th century Scottish pastor and author George MacDonald once wrote this. He said, to be trusted is greater, a greater compliment than to be loved. Our biggest problem is not that we don't love God. Many of us genuinely love God. We will say it, we will act on it, we will sing, we will give But when it comes to trusting him, we lack. We're loved to a degree until it asks us to trust him. And that's where we go wrong. We're known, we know God only because of our human relationships. And the extension of that is as far as we're willing to know God. But where our relationships, our earthly relationships break down, that's when we also then say, I can't trust God there. Because our earthly relationships are limited. To be trusted is a greater compliment than to be loved. We are loved to the degree, oftentimes, by how we see ourselves. We we often don't allow people to love us more than we feel like we deserve. And God says, I love you with an everlasting love. So, God knows us completely and unconditionally. He loves us. That's hard for us to gather. But choosing to trust him is key. And Jesus often throughout scripture says, trust in me. And he often implies the idea of let me love you. Let me care about you. Let me love you like a child is loved. 
But you said, Lord, I, I don't deserve it. Because you are carrying an orphan spirit that says, I don't deserve it. I don't love myself. Therefore, I'm not going to allow you to love me. Not the way I think I You can see those references of John chapter 14 and John chapter 15. Those references all say, if you trust the Father, trust also in me. Trust me. If the source of love is believed to be imperfect, then the message and the love from the Father will fall on deaf ears. A distrustful man will believe God isn't there or that God doesn't care, or worse, that his life is a great disappointment to God. Someone that is distrustful cannot accept that love from God. And if they don't accept that love from God, now this is just not just men, hello? This is women too. This is every believer. I'm just saying a distrustful man, meaning mankind, any one of us, if we've put ourselves in a position where we distrust God, then there's a point where we don't really gather God's love the way we should. In John chapter 4, 1 John rather, chapter 4 verse 18, the Bible tells us that perfect love casts out fear. If you're walking in fear, you might not be walking in love. Such love settles the issue of hiding and controlling. In the face of it, there is no need to hide, strive, or manipulate. Can I tell you something? You and I are loved in just the way God decided to love us. We have nothing to prove. We have nothing the way of earn it. There's no way. You can hide. You can cause fear. But none of that changes God's love. You just never accept it. God never changes. I don't know who needs to hear that, but I'm going to tell you right now, tragically, the enemy of our hearts planted the first seeds of doubt in Eden when he said this, you cannot trust the heart of God. He's holding out on you. Surely you won't die. From the beginning, he's been placing doubt and seeds of doubt and the orphan spirit was birthed, listen, in the garden. I'm telling you right now, the orphan spirit was birthed in the garden and people didn't even know it. Adam and Eve did not even know it. That the children they would bear will now carry that curse down from generation to generation. And friends, there are some of you that are listening to me right now that you are carrying a curse from previous generations of feeling like an orphan. Feeling like you don't belong. Feeling that's why we have it plastered on the front of our foyer. First thing you see when you walk into this building, the one thing you see and the very dominant thing you see is you belong here. Why? Because our biggest problem is we don't feel like we belong anywhere that was intentional because the orphan spirit still roams around trying to attach itself to every person in the body of Christ today I'm sick of it as pastor. I'm sick of seeing it, that, that face of defeat, that face of feeling over, overwhelmed, overcome, uh, destroyed emotionally, destroyed relationally, and they're just walking in here. And there's some of you walking here with a limp, but you walk in here. I'm glad you did. You walk in here with a limp like, man, I battled this week, but I got here. I fought, but I'm here. I lost some battles. But I'm going to come here and I'm going to win the war. You fought some battles and God says, I got you. I got you. 
but you got here. You got a hundred reasons to stay home, but you got one reason, at least one, this morning to come to the cross because he first loved us. Today is the day that image bearers, that as believers, come on, if you're an image bearer, raise your hand. If you didn't raise your hand, that means you tell yourself you're not a believer. I'm going to say it again. Are you an image bearer? Raise your hand. That means I am, a, I am a child of the king. You may not operate in that image because your image of yourself is very different. Some of y'all look in the mirror and go, wow, God, you did a great job today. And you go about your day. Praise God for those confident individuals. And some of you, you double up. What happened? Sometimes you feel like the latter. I get it. What happened in the last 24 hours? But either way, you're an image bearer of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're, you are made in the image of God. Did you know that? And because you are made in the image of God, you are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. And he has said, now listen, I want to be make, make, make this very clear. Last week I talked a lot about how you've been adopted. Uh, more towards the end of the message you hear about the adoption that God has called you. Did you, you realize this in your mind that when you go to adopt, you see the child and you take the child for everything it is. You take all of it. The good, the bad, the indifferent, you take it. You don't be like, ah, I don't know. You got to stop doing this before I sign and take you home with me. You say, listen, come. We'll work the details out. In that same way, God has accepted you. Say, come, we'll work the details out. You got some things going on in your life? That's okay. That doesn't change. You are adopted. You are mine. Come home with me. And God is calling you to come home. Because that orphan spirit is only crushing you. It's only, it's only uh, faltering. It's only, look at me. I mean, everyone looking at me. I need you to understand this. Because some of you are carrying this orphan spirit around like a bag. And everywhere you go, there's baggage. Why is this, why is this church have baggage too? Why does this feel this way too here? Why is every, every single job I take feel so heavy? Why is every relationship I feel like a burden? Listen, the factor is this. You're carrying stuff and everything looks like it's carrying that in that location, in that place, but it's you carrying it. I'm not saying you're the problem to everything, but if there's one common denominator everywhere you go the one common denominator is you if you got something going on in your life everywhere you go something's a problem everywhere you go there's an issue there's a possibility that you're carrying an orphan spirit that that nothing else is good enough because you're not good enough So in order for you to feel uh, welcome, you're going to go ahead and bring everybody to your level. You've got pain, so let me make everybody else feel pain just so I don't feel different. I'm angry, so I'm going to let everybody know I'm angry. You ever met somebody that's angry? 
and they make everybody around them angry because they don't want to feel like they're the only ones. They want to, misery loves. Oh, you know someone like that? Some of you like misery works for this company. Y'all say that at work. That's what y'all need to stop. Y'all need to be positive. I told the discipleship group this past week, I had a funny thing happen. I was, I was at the store and um, they had self-scan out and I grabbed the, I was scanning something and I went to put it and it slipped out of my hand and then to try to stop it, it was a, it was a, a half gallon uh, a drink and I, I went to stop it and it poked on the side of the, of the, the, the red corner there and it started spilling everywhere and I'm like, and so, like, I fi- like fixed it. And then all of a sudden, I, I told a lady who came out of nowhere, I was like, where were you a couple minutes ago? Like, I could have used somebody to check me out, but inside this self-checkout. And it's all your fault, lady. Um, <laughs> no, and I didn't say that. I didn't, I didn't think that either. I know it was all me because I tried to stop it. My cat-like reflexes. I went and I stopped it, right? And I, I thought I was doing a good thing. It would have been better for me to just let it drop. But instead, I, I stopped it so quickly. I pierced it. Stuff is all over the floor. And I said, I'm so sorry. I went and I was trying to fix it. And so she's like, I'll take care of this. I'll take care of this. I look back. I see the guy online. He's standing there with his, you know, whatever he's buying. He's there. And I look. I said, well, the day's got to get better than this. And he looks at me. He goes, it's not going to get better. Just go back to sleep and wake up tomorrow. Try again. (laughs) I'm like, okay, so that's not the gospel. Just forget it. Just go back, go to sleep, try again tomorrow. I, I can't do that, dude. I got to stay positive. And I just responded like, well, no, I'm just going to try to stay positive. I'm thinking to myself, he might be right, but I'm going to stay positive. We've been unsettled and unsure since the garden. Since the garden. Today, the father asked the same question he asked Adam. Where are you? He knew exactly where Adam was. He was asking Adam for Adam's sake. Where are you? I knew where you were, but now, do you know where you are? So do you know where you are? Where are you? See, because having this orphan perspective of I will never be good enough, I will never this. Listen, it'll affect your personal, your work, your school, your ministry teams, your response to leadership, Christian leadership or otherwise. Listen, I'm telling you right now, if you want to overcome, I'm going to give you four ways. You ready? I'm going to shoot through this. Number one, choose unity over competition. Choose unity over competition. The core of Satan's being is competition. From day one, he is in competition with the Father. Listen, though he in no way cannot match God in power, he's always going to try. He's going to try. And he in some way is going to do his very best to, to cancel the very people that God loves. Are you hearing me? The enemy hates you because you get love that he will never ever get again. So when I talk about competition, I'm saying there's always a push, always a push to see things differently. Competition is pursuing the same object as another with the purpose of equaling or surpassing the other. 
That is the job of a person who is a competitor. Listen, if you live your life competing with everybody around you all the time, you will never have joy. One of my coined phrases that I grabbed from a brother a long time ago, compare and compete and you'll live in defeat. Constant competition destroys unity. Choose unity today, amen? The definition is a perfect match for the mind of Satan. All he wants to do is compete, 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 compete. He wants to face God in some way, and he wants to use you as a pawn. This results in young uh, believers seeking to hide their own limitations, perceiving the strengths of others as competition, secretly taking satisfaction in the weakness of others, and needing and seeking attention. Right here. This is a result of competition and a competitive spirit in the kingdom of God. This right here will destroy your calling. And it will destroy your assignment right now. It will destroy your calling, but it will start with your assignment. What are you assigned to right now? What is God assigning to you right now? What are you doing right now? This will destroy you. And it'll destroy the relationships in your life. If you're seeking to hide your own limitations instead of exposing them so you can grow, and instead perceiving the strengths of others as competition, just because someone's better than you at whatever. Listen, I I got to put people around me that are better than me in certain areas. If everyone is like me, there'd be no need for everybody else. I got to put people around me that are better at certain things. And we at Freedom have such a variety of people that are so good at so many different things. And instead, what I would invite you to hear today is that the Father's invitation is to allow his unconditional acceptance to rest and allow you to be unique, your God-given identity. 1 Corinthians 12, 18, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Every part of the body is supposed to be what it's supposed to be. Watch this. Sons and daughters embrace both their strengths and their weaknesses. Look at this. Because both with who they are and whose they are bring glory to God. Secondly, choose fellowship over isolation. You want to overcome this orphan spirit? Stop isolating yourself and start choosing fellowship. Go to lunch with someone. Go to dinner with someone. Get into a life group, which we're going to be launching here in a few weeks. We're going to have that opportunity. I just want to let you know that at the end of this month, we're going to be launching life groups. You're going to be hearing more about it the next couple of weeks. We're going to be launching them in different homes, different places through the week. You need to get involved. Choose fellowship over isolation. Everybody say fellowship. Deep down, the orphan does not feel though he or she belongs in the family, and isolation just continues to push that. All it does is it just continues to allow that isolation to to seem more acceptable. Some of you are so good at being isolated that you no longer realize that it's a hindrance to your faith. This results in withdrawal physically and emotional uh, issues, and an attitude of independence, when instead God calls us to have an attitude of interdependence. 
where we interdepend on each other for strength. Man, I'm struggling. Can you pray for me? If you struggle with asking someone to pray for you, that's a beginning sign of something going wrong in your heart. That independence will crush you. Choose fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. Fellowship. To those, watch this, for Ephesians 1.5, the Christian standard Bible says this, he predestined us to be adopted as sons through, the, through Jesus Christ for himself according to the good pleasure of his will. If you give me, uh, if you give me about eight more minutes, I'm going to go through these last two points. Are you with me? You with me? So he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Sons and daughters embrace interdependence. This is what the gospel, this is what the kingdom looks like because the kingdom is coming and the kingdom is here. What I mean by that is there is a kingdom that's already here. God has already set ahead troops on the ground. Hello? How many know that in Normandy? When we, when we stormed the beach of Normandy, we put boots on the ground. But that was the beginning before the others came in. Now, can I tell you something? Many of us right now, right here, are boots on the ground. And God is bringing the reinforcements. But we got to break a barrier right now that's happening in this world today of people that don't know who they are, whose they are, or what, they did, what they're supposed to be doing on this earth right now. God has put boots on the ground, and you're part of that. He's put boots on the ground. Third thing, choose sonship over insecurity. You can live insecure or you can live as a son and daughter of God. The spiritual orphan is unsure of his or her place in the family. Orphans also feel uncovered, unprotected. Therefore, their instinct is to protect themselves and their position. You with me? Orphans live in defense. And they attack anyone that comes that they don't know where, where their intentions are. They attack, they attack because they're in defense. Can I tell you something? Sons and daughters see before anybody else sees because they're in touch with the father. So this, this insecurity results in a constant need for reassurance by leaders. I'll keep serving as long as someone says thank you to me. A lack of confidence in the spiritual gifts. Thus says the Lord, I think. A constant need to prove themselves. You went how many times? I went more. Let me tell you what I did. Oh, you did that? Let me tell you what I did. And you don't do it necessarily so blatant sometimes. You just, you feel the need to tell somebody that, that, that you're accepted too. You're good. You're good at what you do. God, that's exhausting. It's exhausting. Being protective and territorial about your ministry teams. Someone, unjoined, someone else joins the ministry team or something, or someone else joins the church, and you're like, whoa, that, that's just mine. It used to start with chairs. God forbid someone sit in your chair. Some of y'all, you laugh, but some of y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You know sister, sister something and brother something, they sat in that chair and you, you better not sit in that chair because they'll tell you, excuse me, that's my chair. You know what I'm going to do one Sunday? I'm just going to change the chairs everywhere. There's going to be six aisles. The Lord bless you and keep you. Let his face shine upon you. 
I'm going to change all the seats, and you're going to face that way. <laughs> Mess you all up. And then you'll be like, oh, that must be a sign I have an orphan spirit. But you get what I'm saying? People own certain things, and you get protective in the constant need to prove yourself. Can I tell you something? God will open up the doors for those sons and daughters that put their trust in him. Amen? Fourth thing, and I'll say this, fourth thing, choose faithfulness over performance. Choose faithfulness over performance. Now watch this. The spiritual orphan feels rejected, therefore believing that he or she must compensate by working hard or performing for the audience of many instead of the audience of one. Choose faithfulness. I'm going to be faithful whether people acknowledge me or not. And you know, I really, really come to a point after 11 years of pastoring this wonderful body. And I said it last week, boy, I don't write these messages so you will like me. I, I never did that, but I've dealt with that, that temptation. And can I tell you something? That's just one of many ways that the enemy will tempt anyone in ministry and anyone doing ministry. That in some way you need to do it so you can be recognized. Listen, that's a worldly, secular mentality. You have to stand out to be appreciated. Can I tell you something? God has already appreciated you so much that he gave his only son. If that's not enough for you, you're missing the whole gospel. Choose faithfulness, the constant drive to perform well. That doesn't mean you... Listen, that doesn't mean that you can't strive to be excellent because our leadership team, we, we want to put together a wonderful worship experience on Sunday. How many appreciate, you know, the, the different opportunities that happen on a Sunday morning? You know, this doesn't just happen, right? It's our team working together to create. But that's not what changes lives. It's the Holy Spirit in that avenue that we allow him to operate that changes lives. Remain faithful, and God will always honor those who he's given the opportunity to serve in ministry. So, my last thought here is simply this. The Father's invitation is for us to walk in the fullness of our adoption. And he's called us to overcome the orphan spirit. And this is how we do it. God, I trust in you. Now in me, break everything that is not of you. Come on, bow your heads all across this room. All across this room. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would give this orphan spirit. We identify it and we overcome it in the name that is above every name. Father, I pray for every soul at the sound of my voice that you would allow them to capture the image that they're supposed to carry. Some of us lack mercy. Lord, give us a double portion of mercy. For some of us, we lack love. Give us a double portion of love. For some of us, we lack wisdom. Give us a double portion of wisdom. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would break everything that is not of you. 
Yet to all who did receive him, that is Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave them right to become children of God. That is your word, God. So we receive you today. Come on, just tell the Lord, I receive you today. Stand up to your feet if you can. If you're able to physically stand to your feet, do that right now. And I'm going to ask you this question. Here it is. Are you ready? Because I do want to end with deciding this moment. We are going to end this orphan spirit that has been trying to hover over me. Right here, right now. You say, Pastor Tony, what does that look like? I'm not going to rehash everything I just told you. I just told you. But the four things, if we can put that slide back up again, the four points I shared with you today about choosing unity. So the the four things that we must have in our life is unity, fellowship, sonship, and faithfulness. When you start activating these elements in your life, that orphan spirit will start to dissipate and go away. Because it's in those venues, in those opportunities, that God will destroy the spirit of competition, the spirit of isolation, the spirit of insecurity, and the spirit of performance. That tends to be... Now listen, performance doesn't mean on the stage only. Performance could be in right where you're at. I want... You know what that looks like? Things are not okay at home, but I'm going to act like it is. I'm going to act like everything's cool. How are things going? Oh, great. How are you? Yeah, it's pumpkin spice latte time. I know, it's such a great day. Such a great day. Thank the Lord. But when you walk, when you get into your car, you take a deep breath, and it's exhausting to fake it. It's exhausting. That right there is what you're going to bring to the Lord right here, right now. That, 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 that sense of having to perform so that you don't have to answer questions. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. I'm going to invite you right now in this place. If you're saying, I, I don't want anything to do with this orphan spirit. So here it is. Either you have, you realize you have an orphan spirit. That a mentality that says the world is, and what they think of me is more important. Or you don't want to carry that orphan spirit, but you see it tempting you in its direction. You too want to eat off of that tree because you're tempted. The enemy will tell you, come get some and you're like no no I don't want to but so many people around you are and it's hard to look different whatever whichever one of those two are if that's you come to this come on come come right to this stage right here come right to this altar and say Lord I give it to you come here just come right up here and just maybe you want to lift up your hands just come 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 don't wait just come right to the front here Come right to the front. Say, Lord, I choose unity. I choose fellowship. I choose sonship. I choose faithfulness. These are the things that will crush and just begin to lift up the name of Jesus as we pray. Break every chain. Come here. Come, 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 come. If, wherever you are, if you say, you know what? I, I've so longed for man's approval. Some of you wanted your parents' approval, but you never got it. And because you never got your parents' approval, You can never accept man's approval. Anyone, man. And that has directly affected your walk with God. And he loves you. He loves you so much. This is your chance to come to him.
and say, I receive that today. Break that chain in my life. Break that chain in my life.